You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating, and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat. And stay up to date. Hi there, you listen to Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today I'm sticking to the UK, I'm with a bit of a twist. I've got the award-winning duo Two Ways Home here with Lewis and Izzy. Hi guys. So basically, for an explanation for everybody out there, we've just done this introduction three times now and I've messed up twice. I decided to call Lewis Alex for some bizarre reason. I feel like you could have totally got away with that, Dom. The world would never have known. Yeah. But I feel one of them wasn't your fault. It was some weird glitchy thing that turned you into a dance remake of yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Two ways, two ways, two ways, two ways. It was very good. Yeah. I, like oh, it. <laughs> I mean, I, I like to be transparent. I like to pick up on the mistakes that I make because we're all human in a way, but I just don't understand how I got your name mixed up. I, I've not even spoke to an Alex before. This is, oh, I'm losing it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how are you both doing? Really good. Great. Yeah. Uh, cannot complain. Fit healthy and trying to be as creative as possible, I suppose. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I've absolutely adored is when you've re-released Conquer the World, you did the kind of like the box where you put little bits in and sent it to a very, very lucky winner. Mm-hmm. That, that is true. I thought that was so amazing. I think it was a... Yeah, I think we... Well, one, I... Probably love giving presents more than receiving when it comes to Christmas and you've got to get like the right thing for the right person. Mm -hmm. Kind of dig it. This idea of the giveaway box, I think we got leading into the release just because we've got so much from our fans over the last year from live streams and from buying our merch and from supporting us and reposting our stuff and just talking to us on, on live streams or wherever it may be that we kind of always want to try and give things back and, who doesn't like winning a giveaway box, Dom? Yeah, so we thought, actually, it would be nice to do a live stream every night leading up to the release. So we started on Monday, did live streams every day, and then every day we added a few things to the box, which is really fun. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, I've been watching some of the live streams, and everybody's engagement with it, particularly on the Instagram and the Facebook side, was it was brilliant. It was brilliant to see the kind of camaraderie between everybody, how everybody kind of got together. It's lovely. It's really nice to see. It is really good, actually. That's one thing that being in kind of a pandemic lockdown situation has really kind of made our year, let's say it like that, because basically before we never did live streams, And we didn't really think that we would be a band who does regular live streams. But then obviously when we realized we can't go out gigging, we were like, well, what should we do? Should we try the live streaming thing? And it actually turned out to be really good. I really like it. Yeah, I enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. And we we were doing them regularly at the start. We had a Tuesday morning stream that was based around drinking coffee, which was also a great new... I guess we've always been big coffee lovers, but it was great to focus something around drinking coffee and drinking different coffees and trying different ways of making it. Um, and then on a Saturday we drank beer and yeah. we kind of <laughs> did the same thing and we did it for ages and really enjoyed it and then trailed off 
you know, at the end of Christmas and decided we were going to take a little break from it. Uh, and then it was so nice to kick back up just for these, I think we did five in the end, mm-hmm. five special little live streams to see some of the old, the same old faces coming back and uh, to say hi and see what people have been doing with themselves. Yeah. Now, when you first started the live streams, I remember watching them all. And at first, she was in Vienna. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did them in Vienna. That's true. Um, we were lucky to... We got out of the country once yeah. last year. <laughs> managed to go and see Izzy's parents in Vienna. Yeah. Which was good. What was that like? Because I can remember, I remember you having difficulties with, like, the internet signal and trying to keep the streams going, particularly in Vienna. What was it like going yeah. So I think with Vienna, it's like um, the flat has a few different internet sources. <laughs> so, you know, when you go to the front of the house, you're kind of like in one internet and then you go to like the other part of the house and then it's like another internet. So we were kind of jumping between internets. Mm-hmm. And always so, yeah. found ourselves to be on the wrong one, yeah, I think. you're always on the wrong one. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's any reflection on their quality of internet. More our quality of... Uh... Yeah. Of internet technology, but it's really it was really fun because our drummer Chris, um, he was actually there as well at the same time, and he also plays piano. And in our living room in Vienna, we have a piano, so we thought, well, let's do a version of a song with Chris on the piano and us just on our instruments, and that was really cool just to get him in into one of the live streams. So yeah, that was fun. What was it like then, actually going to Vienna away from the UK, where it's going through? You know, as everywhere else is going through the same pandemic, was it nice to get away from the country for a bit? Um, I guess so. Although, like, when we went to Vienna, we were, because it wasn't really a holiday as such, because visiting your family is kind of, I mean, of course it's a holiday, but <laughs> visiting your family is not you're going somewhere to see the sights. It's mm-hmm. more like you're going to see the family and you're chilling at home. We didn't really get to like travel a lot around Vienna or anything. Cause normally we always go to different coffee shops and restaurants and like see friends and stuff. But this time, because it was in the summer, um, you did notice that people were more cautious and we didn't go out very much. So we basically just stayed with my family, mainly stayed at home and then just like did a few park walks, yeah. but didn't like venture out into the like town center or anything this time. And I think also what's quite nice about what was quite nice about being in Vienna at that time is the whole population of Austria is about the same as Greater London. Yeah. Uh, so it's just less cramped. Even in, in Vienna, there's there's a lot more space. There's a lot less people. Um, sometimes it, the, the part of London that we live in is much more rural um, than living in Zone 1 or something. But uh, it's... Feel, always feels a little bit more chilled and relaxed in Vienna. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so how did you guys actually meet then? Um, we met at a house party. In university. <laughs> in, yeah. in West London. Yeah. Oh. So I needed a guitarist for my pop rock covers band at the time. And, and we uh, had some mutual friends who knew me and knew I was good on guitar and knew Izzy and knew she was looking for somebody who could play the guitar. So kind of put us together and I auditioned for Izzy's band. I think I had to play uh, some like Kelly Clarkson, Pink and the solo from Beat It, I think yeah. were, were the three. <laughs> Those were the three tunes anyway. Um, and got the gig and then 
that band slowly when I mean, we played a few gigs it was just a covers band yeah and then after like their year graduated a few people left and went home and we started writing music together yeah and that band totally kind of fell apart and then to his home was kind of born but it was a different name then yeah so yeah <laughs> We, we started writing songs together and going out and playing shows. And really, Izzy sung. I sung a few backing vocals, played the guitar. Um, and we just did as a, just strictly as a duo for quite a while. And didn't have a name, but I always used to, if we did an open mic night, I'd always introduce, I'd always say, I'm, I'm Lewis and, and this is Izzy. She's my little Austrian friend. Because uh, <laughs> she's little. And yeah. was my friend. And then... We were trying to th think if we need, okay, we need a more solid name. We can't be called Lewis and Izzy or something. Like, we need a name. Uh, and I said, well, I always introduce you as my little Austrian friend. Why don't we be called that for now? Yeah. <laughs> so we were my little Austrian friend. <laughs> oh, that's so, that's actually kind of really sweet. That's what everybody said. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> once we realized we didn't necessarily want just to be thought of as like, that's such a cute name. Oh, it was a bit oh. too cute. Also, when you've been yeah. billed as my little Australian friend in excess of 20 times um, and you have people coming up and, like, saying shrimp on the barbie at the start of your gig because you've been billed as my little Australian friend. Yeah, or talking about kangaroos a lot. Yeah, we decided to sort of, like, axe that. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. I mean... What, how did, how do you react then when somebody kind of, I mean, obviously I've messed, I've messed up today. How is it when people mess up <laughs> regarding your band name? You know, did you kind of like have to say, oh, that, no, we're, at, it's actually Austrian, not Australian, or? <laughs> we just, we just smashed the venues up, Dom, generally. Just, oh, okay, um, yeah. yeah. Know, Guitars, chairs flying, from, chairs in the air. Chairs through yeah. the window, um, <laughs> Uh, smashed up a load of bottles and started started a lot of pub fights. That's how we first first <laughs> built our name. Good old British life. Yeah, yeah. the British brought. No, we uh, <laughs> we 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 just tried to uh, explain to people, you know, no, not no kangaroos in Austria. Not kangaroos. Think Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Um that's where we're from. That's awesome. Yeah. Now two ways home. What? Now, obviously, you can kind of get the way where you got the name Two Ways Home from, being two different countries, you coming together as, you know, into a home. What was the kind of, like, breakdown of how you got to there? Or was it just one day it was like, oh, this is the name we're now going to go by? No, it was a long, <laughs> a long <laughs> process. <laughs> I think we're... It, it's rare that we just enter into some new idea without giving it a bit of thought. I think we're quite um, yeah. quite conscientious of most decisions we make. But we decided we needed something a bit more adult and a bit more pro-sounding. Um, and we just started thinking of, you know, what we could be called and what we liked and narrowed it down to a few. And we were actually, like, at one point we were, I think I quite liked the name Wood for Trees, um, as okay. in from, like, the phrase, you can't see the wood for the trees. Yeah. Uh, and it just felt like kind of like three syllable names, quite cool, wood for trees. Um, and we had a few other names and then we thought, well, there's, there's kind of, we were, I think we were listening to this song by an act we like called Kimber, right? Yeah. Um, the song is called two way street. Mm -hmm. So then I think because we had 
a list of names on our computers, which was, I think, five pages long. And the problem was that every time we found a good one, it was already taken. Yeah. So I think that was a big thing. So we were like, oh, what are we going to do? And then, yeah, we were listening to that song, Two Way Street, and we were thinking, well, actually, two ways. And then there's lots of our songs kind of have to do with the home feel, like coming home or going home or staying had, home or whatever. We had a song that we were just releasing called Home Again at yeah. that time. So then we thought, oh, well, how about two ways home? That makes sense because then obviously the two countries um, were going home to different places and there's like just different meanings the um, the name can take. Yeah. So, yeah, we kind of settled on that in the end and no one had the name. So we were like, yeah, no one's got it. And we could get all the social media tags and all like the website, twoayshome.com was all free. The only thing that had two ways home in the title was two ways home improvements. Yeah. Which is a uh, home improvement company. Yeah. Which is fine. And actually I've thought about reaching out, maybe doing a jingle for them yeah. at some point. Um, <laughs> And then what is quite funny is we've been so used to this. If you search Two Ways Home, there is nothing else. We have like the first eight pages on Google and uh, everything on Instagram. If you search hashtags or whatever, until I think two years ago, a like an indie film that actually ended up winning a bunch of awards called Two Ways Home was released. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, it won a bunch of awards, I think, at Cannes or somewhere. And then we look on Instagram and we've got loads of these notifications and mentions out of nowhere and thinking, where are they coming from? And then it's for this film. Yeah. So people, I think, are tagging us because they think we're the film. But, yeah, <laughs> a bit of cross-promotion there. Exactly. A bit of publicity, you know, whether it's relevant <laughs> or whether it's not. You know, people are still finding your page. Spread yeah. the word. <laughs> it all works in the long run. Now... I want to talk very quickly on how you two look so amazing, considering we've been in this lockdown. Because I like that you you didn't need to add considering we've been in the lockdown. Don <laughs> you could have just left it at a, I'm just kidding, man. I mean, you just genuinely, you genuinely both look so trim. You look so well kept. Oh wow! I mean, I'm sat here with my like double chin, looking at myself, thinking. Uh, but I look, I look across to you two, and for, for reference, by the way, is we're actually talking via Zoom on Friday, and just you two look amazing. You always have done. You always will do. Just I want to know your secrets. There's an incredible filter package you can get for Zoom that just makes you look ten <laughs> years younger, twenty pounds thinner. Yeah. Well, I'm from Yorkshire. Remember, I'm a cheapskate. <laughs> Um, no, but the secret is basically at the beginning of lockdown, we ate a lot of food and drank a lot of alcohol and probably put on two stone. And then in the middle of the year, we were like, mm, we can't keep going like this because <laughs> otherwise we're going to get out of lockdown and we're going to be rolling down the street. <laughs> so we actually started a little um, personal training thing. Yeah. We we train outside once a week. We haven't been able to do it for a little while, but we're just about to start back up again. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we have a, a fr friend who's also a musician and great personal trainer. So we that get Monday morning that starts the week off. Yeah. 
and then we just have basically gone. I feel like there's loads of ways to do it. You can be keto, you can be this, you can be Weight Watchers, you can be that. We've opted for the eat a bit less food, do a bit more exercise option. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> keeping it simple, Dom. Keep yeah. it simple. That, I mean, I've drink started, a lot of water. Yeah. <laughs> I started the couch to 5K thing, and that's been helping a bit. But it's mm-hmm. just getting motivation to go out and do something. Particularly when it's like cold and windy like it is today. Yeah, I know. It's terrible it's rough here down as well. Here. Um, uh, so those would be your tips, would it? On Because my tips are get a good hat collection <laughs> and grow, grow a large beard. That solves the, any double chin problems. And that's true, yeah. Um, and really most of my problems are nice mustache, just get a moustache and a beard. <laughs> generally as as much hair to cover as as much of your face as possible and then i've literally two days ago was it two yeah two days ago i shaved my beard off and it was very similar to yours but i just found it so itchy and annoying i just couldn't stop messing and like what do you do for your beard because it just looks so sleek <laughs> it grow. i i think it it grows quite thick and i've I started shaving, I think, about 12, from what I can remember. <laughs> uh, but I always remember it being itchy when I first started growing a beard, but I have to say now it, it feels kind of the norm, and if I shave it all off, my face is so cold. It's really weird. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, when it comes to sitting down and deciding what the next music's going to be, now, obviously, you're releasing re. You've called it re-explored. What was mm-hmm. the what was the kind of like thought process into deciding? Okay, break the silence. It's been an absolutely amazing set of music. We want to now go through it all again and do it in a bit of a different way. What was the kind of thoughts behind that? Well, we didn't release it at a brilliant time in hindsight because we released the album and then had two weeks and then the whole country locked down. <laughs> and for quite a while, nobody knew what they were doing. No publications were writing that much. Nobody was releasing new music. We couldn't tour. We couldn't really, uh, we, we hadn't figured out the whole live streaming by that point. Cause I think f- at least for a month, how I remember it, nobody knew whether this was going to be a, something that lasts a couple of weeks or a couple of months or a couple of years as it, is seeming to be. Um, so we were all in disarray and even though we got some really good streams and some really good shows and response in the run up to the album release from the singles, mm. um, we kind of felt like it didn't get the chance that it would have done if we'd have been able to tour it. So a year on, it was about the anniversary of the album release. We decided we'd start releasing. We wanted to rework some of the songs and, um, and either rework them in a bigger production if they were if they needed it, or a more stripped back acoustic version. Yeah. Um, and I guess we were this the first release that we've done, Conquer the World. We like the way the album one turned out, but actually it, it feels a little bit too slow for the feeling that we we initially wanted. Yeah. So we started from the ground up, recorded absolutely everything at home. Um, and everything was done in the room we're in now, our little home studio. Yeah. And, uh, for this one, it just felt the name we were thinking about names. It's not really a remix cause it's a complete reworking. And we kind of wanted to think, 
we're thinking of reimagined, but a few people have just released reimagined versions. And yeah. we're like, can we do something a little bit different? And because it's conquer the world, we felt re-explored, exploring the world. Mm-hmm. Sort of made sense. No. Yeah, and then we have two more coming out, um, which are two more reworkings. I think, actually, I can already say the next one. Yeah. <gasps> it's an exclusive for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so the next single that's coming out is a reworking of Prove Me Wrong. Oh, yeah. And it's more of an acoustic style because on the album, it's very rocky, like full on. But because we've been playing it on the live streams and people have been requesting it, we thought, well, actually, it'd be nice to do more of like a stripped back version so people can hear it like it was when we just played it in our living room, basically. So that's kind of gone the other way. And it's more like, uh, imagine somebody sat on their front porch, tapping their foot, playing it on acoustic guitar. It's more that, I think. Yeah, and then there's a third one coming out. So I can't say the title of that one yet, but yeah, that's going to be interesting as well. We also need to finish that one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So you called Conquer the World Re-Explored. Are you going to call Prove Me Wrong the rework as something different? Yes. So that one's called Reworked, or? I think that one is called Reworked, yeah. And then the next one is called Re... Good question. Ah, I can't remember. You have to look at the the poster. I can't remember the order which they went in. Wait, look quickly. We're going to find out for you. <laughs> it's on our, uh, it's been our banner on our Facebook. Facebook. But we didn't announce the names of the songs, just that it would be. So we've got oh. Gone for the World Re-Explored, Prove Me Wrong, Redefined. 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 Um, yeah. And then um, the last the one. Last is one re-work. I nearly said the name of the last one. <gasps> Don't say it. <laughs> I'm looking. Th- I'm looking through. Um, I'm looking through the track listing for "Break the Silence," and I'm just trying to see which one would work with "Redefined." Hmm. Hmm. I mean. I know you're not going to tell me, that's the problem. But naturally my thought would have gone Break the Silence, obviously given that's the title track. But I don't think he'd do that, because you've got like Broken Hearts Club, that was such a huge, huge hit. You've got Tattoo, that could fit in quite well. You've got The Ocean, that that definitely could fit in. You're evil, you're evil. (laughs) You don't have to wait that long though. Because now this new one, so Prove Me Wrong is coming out on the 9th of April. And then the last one's coming out on the 30th. So there's only three weeks between them. That's not bad. That's so pretty pretty quick. Mm. Yeah. Now, when it comes to future music after the reworks, have you got any plans, exciting plans for the rest of the year? Yes! Oh my God, I'm so excited. So basically... The plan for the rest of the year is releasing tracks in regular intervals, so either four or five weeks apart, and then kind of accumulating all these tracks into the second album, which will then come out in 2022. I think we've definitely realized that 
it's good for us to keep a bit of a re- bit more regularity. Sometimes when you we worked for so long towards releasing the album, and then you kind of release it and it's all over quite quick. I think for us it's seems like a better plan if we can be working on new songs constantly and then releasing songs constantly. It all, yeah. it all feels a bit more regular. And also one thing we've realized over doing this, uh, Conquer the World, the next single, um, and the third one is we can, if we want to, we can do everything just ourselves. We can, you know, program in the drums or, or get a drummer to play it or even work on our own percussion. Yeah. Uh, and we can play all of the other instruments that we like on, on our tracks. So. And then Lewis actually mixed these three, so I think we're gonna do that m- more now. Yeah. So we're trying to like do stuff ourselves, and yeah, even like when it came to making the video for Conquer the World, we shot it all at home because obviously you can't go anywhere. So we did it in front of a green screen, and we're just fooling around in front of the green screen. Yeah. <laughs> now, when it comes to actually mixing and mastering, what what is it about the whole process that you you've either enjoyed or not enjoyed as such with doing like the mixing and putting the songs together. I think whenever like I've worked in a few different ways with different producers and a lot of producers like to capture everything pretty much exactly as you want the final article to sound in the recording process, which is obviously the, a more classic approach yeah. um, and, and how it and is a great way of doing it. However, often I think more like I'd like to record, I like to record the guitars and get them to sound great. But then in the mixing process, I like to do lots of things with reverbs and echoes and effects. And sometimes if you want to do it that way and you're not the one that's mixing it, it can be sort of hard to, you go around the houses trying to explain exactly as you want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the great thing about this, doing it this way around is there's no pressure when you're working with a mixing engineer they don't want to be sat tweaking it every night of the week for four months. But if you're doing it yourself, you do have that option. And I, I definitely used that on this first track. Hopefully I'll make it a bit more streamlined. But it just allowed me to be creative in that process and not just in the writing and the performing aspect. It's sort of great if you can be creative at every level of a song. Maybe you come up with something a bit more unique. Yeah. Yeah. Now you was at university. What was it you studied at university? We both studied the, the same course, right? Yeah. Which is like popular music performance. Popular yeah. but music I, performance. That's yeah, very it was long-winded. A, <laughs> is it just pop music? <laughs> it was a, a, a B-muzz, a B-muzz in, in music, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it was the mate- subject material was definitely not classical. It was sort of everything else. I guess it was jazz, funk, soul, blues, rock. Yeah. Not a lot of country, a little bit of country, some folk. Yeah. Um, but I specialised in guitar. And I did vocals. So, yeah. So what was it that actually took you into the country music kind of genre if you did a, a course that didn't really include country music? Well, actually, we just kind of fell into country because basically... At uni, um, I don't know whether you had Will, but I had a teacher yeah, called Will, Will well. uh, and he's American. From West Virginia. Yeah. And so he basically 
kind of came to a few of our shows and after hearing us sing together, he kind of suggested that we sound a little bit country. And he was like, well, your harmonies sound quite country. And actually, we did listen to a bit of country when we were growing up, but you wouldn't really call it country, like the Eagles they're a little bit country, but you wouldn't like necessarily. No, think you wouldn't of call them. them a country band per se. Well, yeah. even like Leonard Skinner, it, it's more southern rock, I guess, but it's very similar to what a lot of country guitarists are doing now. Yeah, um, yeah. Or like Shania Twain was quite big in Austria, so I didn't really think about the fact that she's country. I just thought, oh yeah, I like the singer, like she's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, just coming from that, uh. This teacher just suggested, oh, maybe you you should go and check out Nashville because they are really on the rise there and their music scene is really growing. At and this time as well, I think Need You Now by Lady A had just, oh, yeah. just kind of charted in the UK. I don't know whether it had been released prior, like a long time previous to that in Nashville, but it, they were just becoming more of a household name. Yeah. yeah. And this was around 2012, 2013. And then we actually did go to Nashville for, I think, two or three weeks just to check it out. And we just met so many nice people there and made friends and played some shows. And it was really fun. So, yeah, that's kind of how we fell into this whole, like, country genre. Although I would say, like, we're not super country. So, like, you know how there's some people who are like, oh, there's just like this classic country is the one and none of the other things are country. But yeah. I feel like nowadays it just like embodies like a lot of different genres as well. Well, that's the thing there. I mean, I've always agreed that if it's got elements of country, you know, in terms of whether it's songwriting or whether it's instrumentation or whether it's, you know, the whole layout of a song, then to me, I'll class it's country, whether it's like the Eagles, which is predominantly, you know, predominantly like a country rock kind of, feeling to it or you mm-hmm. go to like lady a you know you could argue that lady a are more pop but i still view it as country because it's got that element of the songwriting within it and your music the way that you bring the emotion to music i mean broken hearts club your performance of it on the bells and girls spotlight awards was just phenomenal just out of the world and you briefly mentioned it then was harmonies and i said this during the award show your harmonies are possibly the best out of anyone i've listened to full stop particularly particularly (laughs) what you do thank you (laughs) particularly what you do on instagram i mentioned this during the show the kind of like the four screen thing that you do and you do random songs. Yeah, you've, you've even done like Guns N' Roses, but you created that country element to it. And it's just so, it's perfect. Just perfect. <laughs> well, that's, that's good. I'm glad you enjoy them. Those have been another thing that reason that we realize kind of regular almost routine is really good for us with music. Yes. Just, just creating all the time. Um, is better than leaving big chunks of time in between. But yeah, we, we decided to call them hump day. We're trying to think of it. We like snappy names. Yeah. Uh, and we decided to call them hump day harmonies and we can release them on a Wednesday and they're supposed to help get you through that midweek hump. It works. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, I, 
when we first did it, I think we just thought we wanted to be doing some more singing. Um, we generally don't do a lot of covers. We never learn covers together. We no. never play covers live. And lots of people always request, oh, you, you guys would sound fab singing this Fleetwood Mac song or this. We love loads of music. We, I don't know why. Our music has always just been about original songs for our band. Um, and this Hump Day Harmony thing seemed like a great way to challenge ourselves, to release something regularly online. Yeah. Um, and also to improve the way we sing, you know, on a, on a recording and improve my ability to mix it and improve Izzy's ability to arrange harmonies. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. I totally get that. I mean, I don't, ex- I don't expect you to do covers, but when you do come out with the, the clips, the samples, you kind of like sit back and you think, I genuinely, genuinely get goosebumps every time I hear the, the particular low bass notes that you can get, Lewis, and the particular high notes that you can reach, Is it Just, it blends so well. It, your voice is suits so, it's like a match made in heaven, basically. Long story short. <laughs> well, there's a thing that Lewis's dad always says, it's like a backhanded compliment. <laughs> Kind of. My dad said something really funny that stuck with me. He said it, I don't know, maybe eight years ago when we first started writing music. He said, son, your your harmonies when you sing with Izzy are just brilliant. They're not quite a sibling harmony, but they're nearly as good as one. <laughs> and I think that was his way of saying you're nearly as good as, as, as something really, really good. I mean, I, I'm... I think in his head that was very high praise, and I took it as high praise. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and he did. He just really like <laughs> us. It was just a very funny, uh, funny thing to say. Yeah. Now, totally off topic. I love going through people's websites, and I find it fascinating how quickly your hair colours changed. Is he? <laughs> I know, I get bored. Like So yeah. <laughs> so shall we start off? What is your natural hair colour? Is it this brown that you've got now or is this a dyed? No, so like my natural hair colour is actually kinda of a little bit boring. It's like this like mousy brown, like kind of, like nearly blonde, but so it's not quite blonde but not quite brown. Okay. So like that kind of in between stage. So that's why I'm I think it's a little bouncing. bit, little bit darker than, than that. It, yeah. Now I don't it, know. It's not. It's not blonde. It used to be blonde. <laughs> so yeah, basically, like I a light brown. I was like white blonde when I was little, till about ten, and then I got like darker, but not dying. It just like naturally kind of just graduated into like a darker color. <laughs> But nowadays, I don't really know what the true hair color is anymore. But I think it's like a light browny color. So, yeah. And one thing I find really, really fascinating, and I can't help but keep doing this, but when you go to your shop and you scroll down to the bottom two (laughs) images for the grey Two A's Home t-shirt, limited edition, and the green Two A's Home t-shirt, limited edition... Mm-hmm. When you hover your mouse over the images, it swaps the image. It swaps to yeah. from Izzy to Lewis, and then on the other one, it's Lewis to Izzy. But your pose looks on the grey one. 
with whose pose? Lewis's. Lewis's pose. When you hover over the grey to his home t-shirt, <laughs> it's like... I look like death warmed up in this shot. <laughs> you see, why did we take this? This one's good, I like it. <laughs> I, I, was, I mean, the first, you know, the second one, the green to his home one, it's kind of like the same... But yeah. it's back, but I think the grey one, it's because it, you go into it and you can... You don't expect the close-up image of Lewis. <laughs> yeah, he needs to get into character. Actually, that's true. And if you click on that shot, there is even four different pictures. And if you scroll all the way to the right, I think I prefer that pose. <laughs> oh, that is... That is... Yeah. That's a, that's a smoky look. That's a smouldering... Yeah. That's more like, hey, whiskey? <laughs> you want a drink? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you always have to keep it fresh because otherwise it gets boring if it's always the same pose. And the thing is, sometimes it's hard. You need to think of different poses without looking really stupid. So sometimes we just opt for the little bit stupid or a little bit weird. And again, you go straight to the first image, the t- the Conquer the World T-shirt limited edition. I just love the Izzy's casual. And yeah. then it goes into. Fine, hello. <laughs> let me, yeah, let me let you into a little secret. Izzy often chooses these photos. <laughs> after the... I like it. I love I it. I know you like. It. You chose it. <laughs> uh, and then when you yeah. click, when you click on that, there's your mug shot. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I think we've realised over the last year that. Um, Lots of bands are very cool and some bands are quite moody and other bands produce like quite, you know, dark, trendy music. And perhaps we're just a little bit more sunshine and wholesome. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that is, that is our strong suit. And yeah, perhaps we're not the coolest, trendiest looking band out there. But if we can make people's days a little bit happier, then I think we're on the right track. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. I, lo- I mean, I, I go to these like images. I'm not taking the mic. I just love how both of you connect with each other, and you can have that laugh. You can just enjoy life. That we yeah. do, Dom. <laughs> now, I want a comparison. Okay. Where do you prefer living? Do you prefer living in Vienna, or do you prefer living in the UK? Um, well, I prefer the UK nowadays because I've chosen to stay here, I guess. (laughs) Um, I think because I grew up in Vienna, I left Vienna when I was 18 and then didn't actually go back to Vienna, like after that, to live there. So I think it would be quite difficult to now move back home to Vienna because a lot of my friends also went abroad to study and then kind of like stuck around wherever they are. So some of them are in Australia, some are in Germany, some are in the US, some are also here in England. Um, but I just feel, I feel comfortable here now. I have a lot of friends and I kind of like living in an English speaking country. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I like it. I, I feel like there's a vast difference between living in London and living in the UK as a whole. 
I grew up in the middle of the countryside and I think London's such a different area. I, I do love living in London. Um, and could you go back and live in your tiny town of like hundred people? <laughs> no, <laughs> I really like going back there for a bit. I think we've got used to the pace of London and I do like that because in, in normal times, cast your minds back to 2018 and 19. So, um, <laughs> We like going out regularly. I love that. I don't think there's many cities um, in the UK. There are obviously more than London, but there's not so many cities where you could go to a country folky gig four nights of the week, every single week. Uh, and there's there's country acts playing and not just London acts, acts from around the country. Um, around the world. Around the world. Mm. And there's always something going on. Um, and there's so many opportunities that, you know, we can drive to or hop on the tube. Yeah. Uh, that said, Vienna is just the, the climate, the people, the the city, the food. I actually find the people kind of annoying. Like now when you've just completely boshed my home. Oh, yeah. I boshed your point. Uh, no, but I, I really love, I mean, we spend a fair amount of time in yeah. Vienna as we, we can stay there for free. It's uh, it's it's a great place for us to go and get a bit of sunshine in the summer and a bit of snow in the winter. And- yeah. So lucky. Yeah. Oh, so, so lucky. I mean, I just I just love the whole diversity between the two countries and how you two have... The whole story of you two getting together and creating this lovely little cute little package. <laughs> Your face was a cute little package then, Don, when you were describing that. <laughs> My face is always a cute package. <laughs> oh, so the roundup. Mm. The roundup. Yeah. Well, we couldn't do the roundup for the last year. No, no, go, go. I just got there. <laughs> you've, you like you just said though. You know, you've not been able to do it the round uh, for the last year. When are we, are we going to see the roundup coming back? Or hmm. definitely, <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to do more roundup shows. We should probably explain what the roundup is for any listeners who don't know what the roundup is. That's true. Go. The roundup is a songwriters round based in. It has been based in Camden for the last couple of years, but we have moved around. We've gone from uh, venue to venue as it's grown. And it's essentially getting four songwriters or artists or acts even on stage at the same time. And we each take it in turns to play songs and tell stories about the songs, how we wrote it, who we wrote the songs with. Um, and everybody gets to play five songs in total, but each in turn. And then it's mainly about the songs, though. So if we get artists, then we get artists who have written their own songs or co-written their songs um, because it is basically about the journey of that song that they're going to be playing. Just like the initial idea came from the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville. Um, we kind of saw this in when we went over to Nashville and thought, well, there's nothing like this in London. So let's bring it over and do it here. And it's actually working really well. People love it. And it's really nice to have that kind of style performance if you don't know an act yet. Because yeah. basically what happens is 
sometimes when you go to a show and you sit through a whole set of an act that you don't know, it's sometimes quite hard to stay engaged because maybe you don't like the act or you just don't like their songs. Or if you don't know any of their songs, even if the songs are great, after you've heard five, six, seven new songs, sometimes people kind of feel it's hard to stay focused. Yeah. So having a roundup kind of style thing where it goes along and basically every song is a different performer is quite nice because you just get that mix up and then let's say you don't like one of the performers that much, you know that the next song is going to be a different performer. So it's always really nice to just like have that thing. Yeah. How did you become in association with the three main kind of country music groups within the UK? Because you've got Lyric Lyric Magazine, you've got Country Line, Mm -hmm. which is also a TV show and kind of an association. And then you got Talent Bank. How did those three come about? Well, with Talent Bank, we we knew of Ray Ray Jones, as I think everybody in London has has come in contact with him at some point or another. <laughs> and he just seems to uh, emanate positive energy and enthusiasm and yeah, just energy in general. The man is full of it, um, and. When we started going to C2Cs, however many, five, six years ago, um, and also there was country music weeks happening, I think we ended up, uh, we knew of Ray and we'd been on emails with him and never quite met him. And we ended up going to see Marty Stewart play at Cadogan Hall or Cadogan Hall, Cadogan yeah. Hall, uh, <laughs> whichever way around you pronounce it. And we sat down, looked over to my left and we were sat by Ray. And we had never met him in person. He looked over at us and went, two ways home. Two ways home. How are you doing? Um, we, you know, and he just, I think at that point, he was just starting Talent Bank. Bank. It was yeah. pre-launch. Um, and he got in touch with us. And we were one of the first, I think, 30 acts to sign with them. Um, and have consequentially played some really cool shows with him. So he's been always on board. And when we started the roundup, or rather... I think maybe even a year into doing the roundup at this point, we thought it'd be a good thing to collaborate with him. And we've always taken uh, some recommendations for him for acts. So we've had acts like Joe Slater on the bill, who's a talent bank artist. Um, and they're a booking agent for anybody, primarily a booking agent. Yeah. They act, also act as a promoter quite often. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we work with them. Um, yeah. Then I think, uh, Lyric Magazine, actually, Emily is a very good friend of ours. So Emily started Lyric Magazine and we just, actually, we just met her at a country gig. Oh, wow. And then she kind of explained, oh yeah, she runs Lyric Magazine. And I know now it's also James who has a big part of uh, Lyric Magazine as well. Um, but yeah, we met Emily quite a while ago and it was at a country gig. And then we thought, well, it would be nice to get her on board because then we were also doing a few videos with her just interviewing the acts before they actually played the roundup, which was quite nice to just hear their backstory. So that's how that came about. And then Countryline, I think they approached us and they said, oh, we have this new platform. It was also at the very beginning when they kind of started, because I know they have their app 
which yeah. you can kind of sign on to. Um, and I think they approached us. They actually came to a roundup at one of the the first venue we ever did, which was at the Metropolitan Pub in Westbourne Park, Westbourne Grove. Westbourne Park. Westbourne Park. There's a Westbourne Park and Westbourne Grove, Our and, Grove. and we always know. get confused between the two. It's a place in West London, yeah. really. That's all you need to know. And it's this old, really old pub that had a venue room upstairs that was perfect. And we did the first event there, which was Katie Hurt, Catherine McGrath. And Anne Bailey? I think. Or was it Anne Bailey or was it Jake Morrell? Yeah, I think it was Jake Morrell. Yeah. Um, Love the notes. The second one was Anne Bailey, who wrote a lot of the Ward Thomas material at that point and uh, was more renowned as a writer. Kind of confused the two. Anyway, I think it was maybe the third event. Um, Simon and Natalie came from country line and we met them for the first time and they were talking about starting this new platform mm. and also that they had a connection with gales the coffee store yeah and they had a central yeah central london uh the original gales store actually which is in soho and the owner loved country music and the the thing that we were doing with the roundup and whether we'd consider moving our night to their venue which is a little bit bigger central london location uh, and a very good deal with, in terms of just getting the space for free. Yeah. Um, so we did. We moved it there, and we had mm. about a year of great shows there. And then we kind of outgrew that venue because that venue was quite like long and thin. Wide. Yeah. So we then kind of outgrew that, and then decided, well, we don't want to go that far from here. So then we chose Camden because. Emily from Lyric Magazine had a connection with a guy who runs a pub in Camden, mm -hmm. the Colonel Fawcett. And so they said, yeah, we'll give you the venue for free and you can do your nights here. And we love that venue, actually. It's really nice. Yeah. So, yeah, so that we're there at the moment. Um, we might try a few at the Sound Lounge. I don't know whether you've come across the Sound Lounge. Not yet, but that's uh, getting written down. <laughs> yeah, they're they're brilliant. Um, so that's Hannah, Hannah White, White and Kieran, who are both brilliant musicians uh, and artists in their own right. Um, and they uh, run this great venue. It, it used to be. In, in a few different places in South London, and they've now moved to Sutton. Mm -hmm. um, but it's quite a big venue, and we would definitely be interested in playing a show there as well. And they mainly house, at the moment, like Americana, country acts, folky kind of nights. And it's um, also been a, it's been a dream of mine, I think both of us, to, to try and take it on the road and to do some shows in different venues up and down the country with local acts. We'd love to get more up your way. Um, Dom and play some, some shows up there. Yeah, take the roundup on tour. Roundup on the road. <laughs> roundup on the road! Perfect, it's already written itself. <laughs> love to have you up here in York, though. I mean, York, Leeds, Manchester, all along this M62 corridor. Just, just come visit us, please. <laughs> We're currently planning a show in, uh, in Manchester and Leeds. We both love York, though. I definitely, I can remember going there more as a kid, but we've been there in the last three years, a couple of times, I think. Where would we play in York, though? Barbican. Um, yeah. That's one of like, the bigger venues. There's a load of pubs. There's loads of little pubs dotted around, particularly up and down the Shambles. 
Um, okay. The unique so, need of the roundup is is quite a like a wide stage. If you've mm-hmm. got four, if if you're booking acts as well, sometimes we've had it where you've got a singer and they bring a guitarist. If there's four acts, that's essentially eight people all all in a row on stage. So it's funny you kind of want a small venue because you don't want it to be empty. You want to pack the place out, yeah. but a big stage. So if anywhere springs to mind, Dom. <laughs> I'll certainly send some suggestions across to you guys. But Amazing. I'm, I definitely can't wait till they all start up again because I, I want to get down to London as much as I can because there's so many train routes from York to London and Leeds to London. So it's accessible. Mm. Um, but if there's anything on weekends, you know, I'm going to try and get, try and get my ass down there a lot more. Nice. <laughs> But yeah, have you got any kind of ideas? I know we can't really say anything because of COVID, but is there like a timeline you've got in mind as to when you want to start up again? Say October. I think just like solo shows is going to be quite soon in the... Should we do duo shows rather than solo shows? Well, yeah, duo shows. (laughs) I was just thinking about myself. (laughs) <laughs> See, Lewis, I'm sorry, but is, is this going so long? Well, one... I know what you mean. Just, just the two of us rather than with the band. It's, yeah, no, it's one way home now. Two of us rather than the roundup. Okay. <laughs> so, this is us playing shows. I think it's end of July, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. End of July. Or beginning of July, even. Love to do a, a mini tour just to yeah. get, get back out there, see if we can remember how to do this live thing. Um, yeah. Blow off the cobwebs. And, yeah, yeah. Do. Do a show in London, do a show in my home, hometown, home area. And then, um, we oh. love Manchester, love Leeds, would love the thought of York, to be honest. And then actually really want to go to Scotland at one point because we haven't really played there yet. And I feel like it'd be fun. Go yeah. international. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it's about. I mean, I'm looking forward to when things actually do start opening up again. And it's like the award show, the Bells and Gals UK Country Music Spotlight Awards. The fact that we was, mm-hmm. I know we still got the awards because it was online, but it's just, sometimes it's just not the same as that interaction with people. And yeah, I can't wait just to see people. And award shows are fun. You get to dress up. <laughs> I know. You two sound and so amazing. Wine. You two were absolutely amazing that day. What was it like then winning the group slash duo award? It was um, great. It was great, yeah. We, I feel like we haven't won a lot of awards. No. So it meant, it meant a lot to win, yeah. win best duo in the UK scene. And we didn't really expect it either. No, not at all. So it was really nice just to, yeah, just to receive that and get some recognition for the work we've done. And yeah, it was really, really nice. Absolutely amazing. I mean, I keep saying it, I love what you guys do. I love the sound that you two create. Just everything about you both is just so wholesome. Thank you. Coming up then, in the very near future, we've got obviously Prove Me Wrong, which is the the reworked, replayed, re reimagined, rediscovered, re reinvented, re <laughs> Oh, just so I'm so excited to hear more things. I just love that. Weird. Now when it comes to singing and playing in a band, what do you prefer 
independently, do you prefer the acoustic-y sounds or do you prefer the built-up, rockier, poppier, more larger sounds? I like, I really like doing both. It's sort of, it's so much more challenging to do both in a live set. Um, and I think doing the acoustic stuff is brilliant because we sing a lot of harmonies, especially if we've got Michael Clancy on the road with us as well. And we're doing three part harmony things. That's very hard to do when you've got a drum kit and cymbals splashing away. Mm -hmm. Um, it can be just hard to hear yourself with enough clarity to be in tune and sound good and everything. And if, if it's just an acoustic guitar, that's really the best case. You can really give a, a really good, strong performance that way. That said, we both love playing rock music and rocking out more and. Yeah, because it's fun that you can like jump around on stage, run around, like do some weird tambourine acrobatics. And yeah, <laughs> you certainly can. Yeah, <laughs> bits of acrobatic on stage. That's yeah. entertaining. Exactly. Yeah. We've Why got a lot planned for this tour coming up, Doc. <laughs> <sighs> oh, it's getting all excited now. <laughs> She's dancing on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Why do, do you not have like in ears that you can have that kind of allows you to listen to yourself and make sure you're in tune? Yeah, we do, we but do. they're not as, it's, it's, in ears are good in many respects, but you, one, you need to be playing, one, you need to really trust and know the sound engineer well, um, because it's very easy to, it's harder to get a great mix, but once you've got a great mix with in ears, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, and I feel like more of a bigger venue thing, a lot of small venues don't really have the facilities to use in ears because you need loads of like, you need the in-ear pack, then you need a transmitter. Like, there's a lot of, like, technical things which go into using in-ears well. Um, so I feel like in small venues, it's often hard to do it with in-ears. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you really do feel like you're in a little bubble and you're a bit sep- separated from the audience. What a lot of people do is they put microphones on the audience, which they'll they'll then blend a little bit into your ears so you can hear what everybody's saying. Because otherwise, without that, really, you shouldn't be able to hear any of the audience. And if somebody says, we love you two ways home, or can you play this song? I mean, you couldn't hear requests off of anybody. Yeah. You also can't hear them booing, though, I suppose. That's, that's, that's good. <laughs> or talking to the friends about what I'm for tea tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Swings and roundabouts, Tom. It is. There's always a positive and a negative, I suppose. Just... <laughs> Now, when it comes to actually performing at gigs, what do you guys prefer? Do you prefer the larger full-scale venues or do you prefer the small, intimate, tinier venues? Um, I think there's a place and time for both. Yeah, I think the round the roundup's great because you literally you can have a conversation with the audience. You can say, well, what song do you want us to play next? Do you want us to play a chilled one or an upbeat one? Or you can take requests. You can, sometimes we get into a bit of a, you know, conversation with them. Yeah. Um, and that's a really intimate, there's a bit more give and take from the audience in terms mm-hmm. of interaction. Which also makes it less slick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a more personal experience, but maybe less of, less of a well, well-oiled show, uh, a highly yeah. tuned performance. But then 
playing the big shows, you really get to put on that polished show. And we worry, we worry a lot more then about getting the right, you know, the right songs leading into the right songs, tunes so we can play two back to back without having to retune guitars or take mandolins and switch them for ukuleles or whatever. Now, how many instruments can you both play? Um, I feel like maybe this is an unfair question in a way, because I feel like we have loads of instruments (laughs) that essentially are guitars. Yeah. (laughs) Mandolins, ukuleles, auto harps, lap steels, bass guitars. If we're counting all of them, then I reckon we can both probably get through maybe 12, 12 instruments, 10, 12 instruments. Yeah. They're like piano. Yeah. We can play piano and, um, Everything yeah, that goes with that. Mainly stringed instruments, I guess. Yeah. Things. Mainly, I play a lot of bass, uh, acoustic guitar, electric guitar. Yeah. Um, and I play most of the, ba- I played most of the bass on the album and I played, uh, a lot of the bass. Izzy's getting more into a bass guitar now. Yeah. And then we have, yeah, like a little 12 string guitar. We've got mandolin, ukulele, just up here. Oh. Um, this so is the, one of the first ukuleles, I think, there. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, we both play enough keys to come up with cool ideas. Yeah. We are so, so a bunch. <laughs> you see, I'd, I'd separate everything, you know, in terms of, like, guitars. I mean, like, electric guitars and acoustic guitars, obviously, are very similar. But, like, the terms of, like, whether it's a banjo or a ukulele or a mandolin or... Everything has a different way you play it. Like steel, you know, mm-hmm. you play it all slightly differently. So it's not the same techniques. So I'd always say it was different, particularly like bass. You know, you can play bass completely differently to how you play a guitar. So everything's yeah. unique. I, mean, I guess like the the chord shapes are different, but as soon as you've learned kind of the basic shapes, then you can kind of transfer the strumming patterns and strumming is quite similar to yeah like with all the the right hand is quite transferable sometimes and also having the strength and the the uh toughness of your fingers to play any of the string instruments i have to say mandolin is maybe one of the harder ones to play i feel what is it that's difficult about mandolin I think supposedly it's, it has the highest tension of any string instrument. So it's the hardest strings to push down and yeah. you have like couplets, two little pairs of strings. So you never just push one string down. You're always really pushing two strings down at a time. And also it's really fiddly. Like instead of having a guitar neck, which is this long. Yeah. There's not really for, for a podcast, I suppose, me miming the length. No, of <laughs> it, it's about half Lewis an arm's length. <laughs> Lewis mimes a guitar length. And then that, <laughs> that in comparison with this small, Lewis mimes a mandolin length, uh, is, is hard. But I like the mandolin because I have small fingers, small hands. So for me, the mandolin is really good to play. I don't really play guitar. Like I've just kind of left that to Lewis because I always thought, well, I can't really get as good as Lewis as quick as I would like to. So. It would take a It'd long, take you, take you a couple of weeks, wouldn't it? It would take a lot of years. <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of, I stick to like the mandolin and the ukulele mainly. And I like that the frets are small. So yeah, it works well with my hands. So when you're not producing music or in the recording studios or doing anything like that, what do you do in like your free time? 
Free time, Don? I think it's supposed to be this period of time where it's like 8 o'clock at night, instead of watching TV, you're doing something else. You lost me at instead of watching TV. No, we... Um, <laughs> you lost we, me at free we, time. We spend a lot of time making, making music. I mean, also... Videos nowadays. I've really gotten into, like, cutting videos and working on final cut and stuff like that. So I've been learning loads of that, like making lyric videos and how you can do stuff like that. And I really like art as well. So I like painting and drawing and stuff like that. I'm dreadful at art, but I do, I, I've always taught guitar. So I always, t- I teach guitar. Um, and I also do m- more and more production, working with other bands to record them. Um, so I guess all of our. And we do like a good Netflix show. Yeah, that's true. Don't we all? What have you been watching on Netflix? What's the, what's the Ice Train one? Oh, we've been watching Snowpiercer of late. Snowpiercer? Yeah. I'm going to have to give that a go. It's good. It's good. It's it's a pretty unique concept, which there's no way of really explaining it without it sounding a bit weird, possibly lame. You just kind of like have it. to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I think it's a study on the class system and human society. Okay. Wrapped up in a sci-fi futuristic series. Okay. With Sean Bean in it now and Sarah um Sarah. Sarah Connolly. Is she called Sarah? Jennifer Connolly. Jennifer Connolly. <laughs> That's right, Alex. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking Sarah Connor, which is Terminator, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I watched Terminator the other day actually. Yeah. Just nice. It's so weird going back to the when you look at the graphics of older films to then what we're used to now. It just you kind of watch it and think, really? I thought that was scary. Or I thought that was brilliant back then. It's like. Mhm. Isn't it crazy? We watched Commando the other day. Yeah. We did. We saw Commando, which is an old Arnold Schwarzenegger film. Yes. Pop up. Well, I can remember liking this as a kid. I have to say, I still really like some. Some Arnold films. I feel like maybe Commando doesn't hold up as well. Yeah. The acting was quite bad. <laughs> There's a reason why he works well playing the Terminator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bit simpler. <So>. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But a great man. When nonetheless. It... And he's Austrian, so there you go. There we, we go. We have to find him. <laughs> you automatically have to love him, Lewis. Exactly. I do love him. I think he's a, the ultimate force of good. Yeah, the other good Austrian is Christoph Waltz. Yeah. Christoph he, Waltz. Yeah. He is, if you, he, I don't know if you've seen the film Inglorious Bastards with the Quentin Tarantino film. Yes, I have. The, I mean, the first scene of that, I think, is some of my favorite acting where he's the, he's the Nazi officer that walks into the, uh, oh, milk. yes. He, and, uh, yeah. And it's sort of like trying to, trying to find the, um, the juice hiding yeah. in the floor. And it's such a scene. God, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Amazing actor. Uh, he's also in like a James Bond film. He's in tons of stuff. Yeah. But he's great. I really love him as an actor. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm going to be, I'm going to be watching all that today now. That's my day sorted. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, finally, you've got to appreciate your love of coffee 
we do love some coffee. We do, yeah. So I've actually got some here. Look at yeah! now. What's your favorite type of coffee? Is it like drip-fed coffee? Is it like the espresso machine things, or like a cheapskate like me? Instant drip filter in the morning. It's good, yeah, because you can pour it. We've got like a Chemex, which is just basically a fancy jug, um, <laughs> and you can make two big cups of coffee, and it's quite strong and really like has a good taste and i guess it's also that reminds me of vienna because my parents make it like that yeah and vienna is a very big coffee city you've got a lot of coffee shops um and yeah there's just a lot of good coffee so i feel like it really reminds me of home just having that in the morning um but yeah like drip filter and then i guess what other style coffee do we like we have a black white yeah we have an espresso machine, which we don't use nearly enough because we end up making drip filter in the morning. But yeah. uh, flat white is is a great. Yeah. yeah. I feel like all, all espresso coffees, i.e. like flat whites, cappuccinos, lattes, are all just the ratio of milk to coffee. And I think flat white is a good midpoint. The best ratio. It's the baby bear's <laughs> porridge of coffee for us. <laughs> just right. Yeah. yeah. Now, what kind of brands of coffee do you like do you like particular brands or is it just whatever you can get your hands on quickly brew it up and get it in your mouth well when we started doing these live streams and we were doing them coffee based and we were like trying out some different coffees and posting about it we did actually get a few coffee roasters tune into our streams just from seeing hashtags or seeing Mm -hmm. us posting about them um and actually a few different companies said, look, guys, you always drink coffee on your live streams. We love your live streams. Can we just send you, we'll send you a bag of coffee. You can, maybe you can drink it on the live stream. Um, and we did, and we tried out a bunch of different ones and really liked, there was one called Batch, which make really nice coffee. There's another one. But Batch is more of like a, they kind of curate different coffees yeah. and they send you one every month. More so like it's a like distributor. A, yeah, yeah. And a subscription box kind of thing. Ooh. So, yeah, they always find different ones. But then a brand called Symposium got in touch, which is still like quite a big company, but it's it's run by a fairly small team. Um, and the owner of the company really likes our music um, and sent us some beans, and we loved that coffee. I think we sort of gravitated towards that. Yeah. And subsequently we've... We actually met Sim- like Symposium Coffee in the kind of interim when we were allowed to go places again just after the first lockdown yeah um we kind of went and roast some coffee with him which was really interesting because i had never really like seen a coffee roasting machine close up and kind of like did it all and they have all these computers hooked up to there and then it says like how hot you can roast it and then the beans go through this little conveyor belt and they fall down and they're like all schmoozled around (laughs) and it was really interesting and like he's such an interesting guy as well, the owner of this company. Um, and so it was really nice to just like get to know him. And now we're actually working a little bit closer with him. And I think maybe like we're going to see if we can make some videos about how to brew better coffee at home and just to show everyone like the different ways you can brew coffee. And yeah, his beans are really great. And he does all these things where he sources his beans like 
they're all ethically sourced. And then here's one coffee, which is just um, from a farm, which is owned by just women, I think. And, yeah, and it's, it's yeah. run solely by women. And he's really, uh, really careful about where he sources his coffee from. The, the, the plantations are paying their um, coffee pickers or packages. Yeah. yeah. Like, well above the minimum wage and and a really good wage in in all cases i think yeah so almost like the fair trade version of coffee yeah definitely yeah, exactly um, and i think as as a result it means his markups aren't going to be as much as many other places and and uh i think the ethnic the bit bit what am i trying to say making sure that they're ethnically ethically sourced yeah really struggling with this sentence <laughs> Making sure that they are ethically sourced is more important than making that extra 20% markup or whatever. Yeah, that's what it's about. We respect, well, plus the quality is always usually better as well when a bit more love and care has been put into it. I mean, when you really yeah. take your time to make a decent cup of coffee, you, can, you do know the difference rather than just get a bit of instant coffee from the cheap aisle at Morrison's. You know, it's... <laughs> No, instant coffee is terrible. It is genuinely <laughs> terrible. I mean, that's what I've just been drinking. It's instant and it's horrible. And oh I my miss, gosh! I just miss my cafetiere, but I'm skint at the moment, and it's like I want, I want coffee. I want proper coffee. But it's oh. like it's. Oh, like, you'll have to tune in for our videos once we make them. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll show you some good, affordable ways to make coffee in the home. But it, I find it, I find it fascinating because it's like instant coffee. I cannot drink black. I've got to have milk with it. But proper coffee done through either whether it's cafetiere or a drip filter or like an espresso machine, I can drink mm -hmm. that black with no sugar or anything, just straight coffee. And it's, mm -hmm. I can tell the difference because it's got a better flavor. It's got a better quality to it. I feel like instant coffee doesn't really taste like coffee. It's like another kind of, drink it's another hot caffeinated beverage yeah i mean it's essentially still coffee but yeah sometimes like i mean i don't hate instant coffee that much that i would never drink it <laughs> but if i feel like it's better when you don't think of it like it's coffee you I know see. what i mean so like you just think of it as another drink which is kind of like it has this flavor which is a bit milky and a tiny bit like coffee <laughs> Uh, as a hot cup of brown. Yeah. <laughs> hot cup of... Uh... Now, I do love the photos that you constantly post of coffee. And when you go to the bottom of your webpage, there is mm -hmm. a banner of images. So, That's our Instagram feed. And I, I, ju I just love both of you. Both of your poses, particularly if you look across it, it's like the third one across. You've got Lewis that's kind of like looking into the distance, kind of worried that someone's going to take his coffee. And then you've got Izzy pretending she's looking probably at Lewis, thinking, what on earth's going on here? Yeah. I mean, Lewis often is worried that I'm going to steal his coffee, I think. <laughs> yeah, Izzy's... Is he sometimes I can make the coffee in the morning and, uh, you know, I'll make it up for eight o'clock and then I'll, there'll, there'll be half of it left at 11 and I'll just come and take it to put it in the kitchen, just kind of cleaning up. She goes, Hey, no, I'm still, still drinking, drinking that. She just likes to let it go cold and drink it. It's bizarre. Yeah. I sometimes like cold coffee. It's quite good. 
But in, in this picture of us holding the mugs, I think the ma- one of the main reasons we took that is because we're wearing our new T-shirts. Yeah, new merch. Mm, T-shirts. I mean, people really need to check out the store. And they also need to check out a nice little collaboration that you did with Joey Clarkson. Yeah, yeah, that was that was so fun. That was great. How yeah. did that all pan out? Um, so we kind of knew Joey and Peter, her husband, already mm-hmm. before, and we've kind of like seen her on the scene. And then we went to a few of her shows. And then Peter used to play with a band called the Blue Highways as well, who we're quite close with. So we kind of just saw them at shows regularly. And then Peter had actually written a little song and then Joey thought, well, how about we ask Two Ways Home to collaborate on the mm-hmm. song? And then we, she kind of messaged the song over. The song was nearly finished. There were some like finishing touches still to do. And before we recorded it together, it was actually more of like a love story. But then Joey sent it over and she was like, well, I think it would work really well as a collaboration. What do you guys think? And then we kind of said to her, well, actually, we think that the storyline would kind of work better if it would be about a friendship. So when, for example, when you have a friend at school and then you go away to university, sometimes you grow apart or often you grow apart. And it was kind of like that storyline where you'd kind of had a friend And then you grew apart and you see them again after several years. And that was the kind of story. And we thought, well, let's rewrite a few things. And so we kind of got together, we wrote stuff. And then we just recorded it all here in our home studio, didn't we? Yeah, we did, yeah. Um, They recorded a few things remotely. We recorded a few things here. And then the chap who kind of produced it with us and mixed it, Ryan Griffiths, I believe is his surname. Yeah. Uh, Ryan played the drums on it and a few of the other instruments. And he was great as well to have on board. Like he definitely did a, did some brilliant work in the, in the band part of it. I think I played a pass on the electric guitar and maybe some acoustics as well, but mainly we focused on the singing and yeah. And it was really fun. Like it was just nice to collaborate with them. It was really nice to have another person who was pushing the same release because then we kind of like pushed each other along. So if something had to happen, like a video had to be made or we had to do some posts, then the other band or the other person could always say, oh, tomorrow we're doing this, let's do this. And it was quite nice to just collaborate on all the things together. So the visuals plus all the kind of recording. So, yeah, it was pretty good. I really liked it. Absolutely fantastic. I just... Again, I love Joey as well, and Peter as well. Oh, just all all amazing, amazing people. Just, it, it, I cannot <laughs> wait to get out of this lockdown just to meet everybody, because I've not met a single person, and just to even get the chance to have a sit down and have a cup of coffee somewhere with everybody. I mean, Joey is just so down to earth, and both of you are as well. I mean, just... Oh, so excited it'll be so nice next year at C2C hopefully we can all come together and like party together oh I cannot wait and hopefully there's some live award shows going on next year as well so hopefully we can all meet up there as well to hopefully hand you more awards who knows 
Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> now, to kind of round off the show, i like to ask a couple of food-related questions. Ooh. Okay. So, are you, are you both... Um, eat a particular way so are you vegetarian or vegan or are you meat eaters we are meat eaters but we we also like we also like vegetarian and vegan food yeah (laughs) best of all worlds okay then it means i can ask you all i can ask you all the questions then which is great so first of all we're going to start off with a well-known brand called jaffa cakes Jaffa cakes. Jaffa cakes. What would you say Jaffa cakes are? Are they a cake or are they a biscuit? Oh, they're a cake, but they are a biscuit. (laughs) I think, I think this was proven, wasn't it? Possibly. It doesn't stop people having their opinions. I think, well, I feel like it's more of a cake. I think it's more of a biscuit because it's small and round. It has chocolate on top and it fits into my mouth in one go. Boom. (laughs) I think biscuits go soft the older they are and cakes go harder the older they are. And I reckon Jaffa cakes go harder. Yeah, it's true. Yep. That that is the... I'm going to put it tentatively more in the cake realm you see, I've got to agree with Lewis. I mean, not so much. It's only recently I discovered the kind of the cakes go stale, you know, they go hard, and biscuits go soft. So, sorry, Izzy, but Lewis wins. Fine. Now, pizza. Do you like pizza? Yeah. Yeah, massive pizza fans. Fans pa- of massive pizza. Pineapple on pizza? I I'm actually allergic to pineapple. Ooh. So yeah, that's definitely a no for you, is it? No. I don't think pineapple belongs on a pizza, but I quite like a pineapple on a pizza. So um yeah. I I think it's I think you'd never find a pineapple on a pizza in Italy. I don't think. You can't beat a nice but little contradiction there. It 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 does work. Yeah, it does work. One of the pizzas that I enjoy is like a sweet chili chicken with pineapple and uh, sweet corn. Stop, 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 stop. Chicken on pizza? Yeah. Yeah, I I think I struggle with chicken on pizza. That's a northern thing. It's not a northern thing. It's a global (laughs) thing, but I can't do chicken on a pizza, really. No, I can't. So what's your favourite pizza toppings? Um, I think my favorite pizza topping is, wait, what's that one? Artichokes and black olives and maybe some Parma ham. Mm. And then obviously like a tomato base. Obviously. And some mozzarella cheese or some other cheese would be nice. And then some green stuff. So, like, rocket? Thin yeah. crust or thick crust? Thin. I I prefer sourdough pizza. Ooh, look at you getting all posh. <laughs> we, have, we have this pizza place in West London called Santa Maria, and I feel like it is the mecca of, of London. 
it's got to be one of the best London pizza places. Run quite yeah. a small kitchen, run by um, a bunch of Italians, and it's all quite. It's I guess it's kind of similar to the Franco Manca style if you've had that sort of pizza, um, but with more toppings on top. Yeah, it's really good. It's, can we get it tonight? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> that, that's food started now that's the, <laughs> next time i come down to london i think it's gonna be it's, uh, hopefully soon but i normally go to places like meat mission where they do like burgers and hot dogs and stuff like that yeah yeah um, i've never been there but i'm gonna have to yeah. check it out i mean breakfast club as well is amazing particularly at breakfast mm. club. yeah there's a breakfast club in shoreditch yeah that um it's on artillery lane and if you go in of an evening and say to one of the waiters, I'd like to see the mayor of Scaredy Cat Town. She, she opens up or he opens up a life-size fridge, which you walk through and you walk to a speakeasy bar that's like an old hunting cabin. Really? Um, and yeah, maybe this is, maybe this isn't a secret that I should be divulging on, you know. Such a popular <laughs> podcast, the world will know. But if you're ever around that area late at night and you want a random place that makes incredible cocktails, they're probably rather expensive, but maybe pop in for one. Um, yeah. Yeah, ask if you can see the mayor of Scaredy Cat Town. That is amazing. Yeah. I mean, the, the one I go to is that is down a really weird alleyway. It's just around the corner from Liverpool Street Station. That's the one. There we go. I should, I should have known. I mean, it was like 10 a.m. I went there, but the queue was, it was round the corner. You, you yeah. have to really wait. You've got to be really dedicated to go there, but the, the pancakes yeah. are just, oh, so good. They're great. Now, <laughs> sorry, I'm divul- uh, diverging on food. Now, we're going to go into a bit of delicacies now. So, have you ever had like frog's legs? I haven't actually. I can't, I can't remember having them. No. No, I don't think we have. I think they probably taste like chicken. That's, that's what everybody <laughs> keeps saying. I'm really wanting to try stuff like this. It's like snails. Have you had, have you guys had snails? No, I've, I've had, I've had snails. What's, snails. what's it like? Um. Squishy. <laughs> I feel like with a lot of these, these delicacies, let's say, um, once you've fried them in a lot of butter and garlic, I think the original flavour becomes slightly less important. Um, I think everything I think tastes nice were... in garlic and butter. Yeah. yeah. I, I think they they taste a lot like alligator tail. You've had alligator tail. <laughs> <laughs> if that helps, a lot like alligator tail, much like ostrich foot. Yeah. <laughs> What? No, in all seriousness, though, we have had deep fried alligator tail. Yeah, yeah, Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I really don't know if I want to try that or not. It, that tastes like chicken, doesn't it? I mean, again. Or just deep fried. Again, heavily basically. deep fried, so it tasted like crispy goodness. <laughs> just all, oh, I'm so hungry now. Yeah, me too. <laughs> okay. So to round off then, just as a reminder for everybody, Conquer the World, Re-Explored is out at the moment and coming very, very soon is Prove Me Wrong. Mm-hmm. Indeed. 
and people need to... Are you doing another, like, giveaway box for when Prove Me Wrong's released? We might think about it. Yeah, we were thinking about it. But also, we, we might do a little other video challenge thing where we can get people to write oh, in yeah, actually, about true. stuff that we should prove them wrong on. So we so. thought, yeah, we'd get people to, as, as an example, would say, a Jaffa cake is definitely a biscuit. Prove me wrong. Yeah. And we've got to prove them wrong. Yeah. Or like, you couldn't do a handstand. Prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah. Stuff like that. Just so, like funny things. <laughs> so get thinking, Dom. If you want, you can have the first prove me wrong. Yeah. You can think about it if you want and let us know. Now I've got one. Okay. I'm going to write it down. Lewis can't dress as Izzy. Prove me wrong. (laughs) Okay. Now, I mean, mean full dress makeup. Possibly invest in a nice old old Izzy. You know, blonde, get a bright blonde wig. Old Izzy. Okay. All right, Dom. You might have to send us a video of this so that we can kick off the video of it, but that seems like a reasonable first one that we'll have to prove you wrong on. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, I don't know why that came to my mind. But, yeah. So those listening, get those requests into Two Ways Home. Where can people find you on social media and how can they get the requests in? So on social media, you can just find us on Two Ways Home, all spelled out. So T-W-O and then Ways Home. And the best way to request that we prove them wrong is probably if they're on Instagram, is to post on their stories what we need to prove wrong. And then tag us. So at two is home and just say something like, I don't know, whatever you just said. And then <laughs> prove me wrong. Two is home. at tag that. If somebody's not on any of the social medias, um, they could also send a video to us. We're, we'll make this all clear on a post we're going to do in the next few days. Yeah. But we are active on pretty much all social media platforms, except for TikTok. I mean, we do have a TikTok, but we don't really use it that much. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like, stick to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. They're the best three. Yeah. Absolute fantastic. Thank you guys for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for having us, Dom. Likewise. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you all have a fantastic week ahead, and I look forward to speaking to you next time. Bye for now. That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews, and general chit-chat on all things country music.